0: Let's pray for Barb, come on. Father God, we thank you for Barb, we thank you for our sister, we thank you for uh, all that you have laid upon her heart uh, for us today, and we pray, God, let your spirit just rest upon her, anoint her now, just to be bold and to bring in in love and grace what you have given her for us. Lord, I pray that we would receive that, Lord, give us open and soft hearts to hear your word. God, more than anything else, uh, we know that Barb's heart and our heart in this place today is to to hear you speak. So we say, come, come and speak through her. Come and bring your word alive to us. Come and reveal your heart to us and yourself to us. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. Right. I'll take Mary's things up there. It's not Mary Poppins' bag. It's my bag. Um, So I was... um, praying about this because I was given uh, the letters of John to um, preach on, so I was going to read them and about three or four times I got as far as 1 John 1, so I thought, okay Lord, I assume that you want me to preach on this, so that is what we're going to go with, okay, so buckle up, here we go. Right, now I'm going to read to you Um, If you can get it up on the screen, it's okay, but I'm going to read from the amplified version simply because um, it uh, gives you more uh, alternative words for the Greek words because lots of things are lost in translation. So the amplified's quite good for not going into Greek yourself, but for reading the different um, interpretations. So chapter one. Right, we are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hands. And the life, an aspect of his being, was revealed, made manifest and demonstrated, and we saw as eyewitnesses, and are testifying to and declare to you the life, the eternal life in him, who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible and revealed to us, his followers. What we have seen and ourselves heard, we are also telling you, so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And we are now writing these things to you so that our joy in seeing you included may be full and your joy may be complete. And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him and are now reporting to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in Him at all. Nope, not in any way. So, if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with Him when we live and move and got to turn the page and walking about in darkness, we are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents. But if we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt, and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. If we say we have no sin, Refusing to admit we're sinners, we delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth, which the gospel presents, is not in us. It does not dwell in our hearts. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins dismiss our lawlessness and continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will in purpose, thought, and action. If we say or claim that we have not sinned, we contradict his word and make him act to be false and a liar, and his word is not in us. The divine message of the gospel is not In our hearts powerful stuff there's so much in in 1 John I would recommend you read it during the week if you haven't read it already which you may have should have possibly so anyway oops that didn't do it any good right so I will um, look at this in detail on the NIV which I have on my phone, hopefully, that I didn't wreck. And it won't go into disastrous mode like my laptop did last time I preached. Right. So. Right. The incarnation of the word of life. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. That which was from the beginning. And we're talking about Jesus and the spirit of God who was in the beginning from the world's creation. Matt quite often goes back to Genesis. Jesus has been present since the creation of the world. In the world Genesis 1 I love this verse it says the spirit of God hovered or brooded over the face of the waters and then God spoke and things started to happen Now, John's letter transports the Jewish reader right back to the time where God's power was shown in full when he spoke in the beginning of John's letter and John's gospel the story of salvation goes back to the word the word of life. And that's Jesus. So, John can testify to hearing Jesus speak in the flesh, and things happen. He can testify to seeing Jesus in action and touching him. And because he has seen Jesus, he, he has the authority to be able to say the things that he does. Because he has seen Jesus he has heard Jesus and that is really really amazing and exciting and powerful and his desire is to share that with others to bring people into fellowship with this same wonderful amazing Jesus that he knew in the flesh and he's writing it to make his joy complete But, you might say, it's all right for John to do this because he saw Jesus face to face. You know, but that was thousands of years ago. I haven't seen Jesus face to face or touched him like John did. That's true. But we'll unpack unpack a little bit of what this means for us today, okay? Now, we are truly blessed to have an anointed Bible teacher in Matt. And he's really brought through his research and his learning and explained lots and lots of things in the original language and the meanings of scriptures because, like I said before, lots of it gets lost in translation. And also because when the original scripture was translated hundreds of years ago, our language has changed so much since then. So we value him. Now Jesus speaks to us through scripture and through teaching. That is how we hear him today. That is something that we can share, what we have heard from the word of God. Now, we are doing, uh, there's lots of different ways that you can read the Bible. Some, you can read it academically, you can read it in small groups, you can get commentaries out and different Bibles out and read all sorts of different things and discuss it. You can read the Bible like we are, and we can read it start to finish and see the big picture. But one of the things that is really important is just spending that intimate time with God and asking him what he wants to tell you for that day, how he wants to speak into your life for that day. And quite often... You can see, if you meditate and think about it during the day, you can see how that word is going to play out. But also how you can share that word and speak into other people's lives. Now, the last time I preached here, last year, we looked at the miracles of Jesus in John 7-12. to 12. Jesus spoke, people were healed and delivered. God wanted to impart the spiritual gift of healing to this church, which is really good because in the interim from that time, we have had to do an awful lot of healing prayer for people. Now, we can see all the way through Scripture, especially in the Gospels and in the New Testament, the power of of the word of Jesus in healing and giving life. We have seen with our own eyes, Jesus at work. And we can share that, we can share that. You know, are we excited about what Jesus can do? We can witness the miracle of healing. Now medical care is not second-class healing in God's eyes because he's gifted so many people in the medical care system with gifts. And he uses us to use our gifts to help other people. Okay, now, he heals because our body has been created to heal. The doctors sort of come in and do different bits to help. So don't knock medical care. And besides which, you never know who you might have been sent into that hospital to witness to Amazing. Now, Emma, my friend Emma over there, has been trained very much in the prophetic. She's had a lot of experience with the prophetic and she's been going to hear a well known prophet in Glasgow whose name I've forgotten. And God is using her to impart the gift of prophecy into the church. Why? Because it is God speaking a now word directly into people's lives to strengthen encourage and comfort them in their Christian lives. It says so 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Now, if you are prophesied over, it tells us to test the spirits of prophecy. So if it does not strengthen, encourage, or comfort us, it's not God's word. Okay? You have to test everything that you get spoken over because sometimes... It could be wrong, and it can do more damage than it's worth. So you test the prophecy. And if it's God's word, you will feel so blessed by it. This is a testimony we can share. We can speak into other people's lives, in here or out there. And people will be changed because they know that God knows them intimately because some stranger's just spoken into their life out of the blue in a conversation, and they will know that there is a God in heaven who cares for them. We can witness to people about the way God's moved people to give generously to the to the Church Hardship Fund and to the food bank. We can tell them about faithful volunteers who come week in, week out, to run the food bank and Boys Brigade and how it reaches non-church members in the area week in, week out. And because of that, some of them have come to know Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Jesus shows that we should care for the poor and for children. Now, if we put our trust in Jesus, we have adopted as children into the global family of God as well as into the small group here at Counterslip. And even though we may not have physically, locally, family, we have a church family. We're part of God's family. And we should be caring and supporting one another and enjoying one another's company. In the New Testament, thousands of people became Christians simply because they saw the love that the disciples had for one another. What a wonderful way of witnessing People see, people love one another, especially in this time when there is so much hate and disrest. So, we see miracles every day, if only we look for them. And we acknowledge that sometimes it's God doing it like that, or sometimes he's working through us or through other people. And we can talk about those miracles to other people, about how we've been blessed, or we've seen other people blessed. Now, John saw all these amazing things that Jesus did, and he heard him say and knew that he had eternal life because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, King of Kings, Son of God, Messiah. And because of it, he had fellowship with God the Father, who was previously held as a remote holy being whose name couldn't even be mentioned by humans because he was so holy. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Father. And in the Greek, it's Abba, Daddy. We can come before God as, call him Daddy. As intimate as that. It was no wonder John was really excited about it because he'd always... Had to talk to him about Yahweh and go through the priests. But now he can talk to Jesus. He can talk to God and call him Daddy. For those, so many in this world at the moment who are struggling with absent fathers, I mean, we think of Ukraine and so many children are suffering because they're away from their fathers. That people need a holy, wonderful, all loving, all-encompassing, caring Father that they can trust. and we need to share that with people. We need to share that with people. So our commission, given to his disciples <coughs> excuse me by Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, is in Matthew. 28, 18 to 20, and I'm going to read it in the message. Now, John's joy was complete by sharing the gospel. Is our joy complete by sharing the gospel and seeing baby Christians coming and growing into maturity? Think about it. So, right. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. So, I like visuals. Sorry. We're going to do a bit of visual. Right. I'm not doing up there because it was a disaster last time, so... God's let me off the hook this time, so we're going to do a practical one now. If you're sat in this row and there isn't anybody sat over on that side, could the end person go over and on the end, underneath the chairs on the end, including the back one, there is a roll of string. Gail, just underneath the one, okay? Right. Rachel, you can go back to your seat you and go back here. It's okay. All right. Now. What we're going to do, all right, is we are going to get to the end, the person at that end is going to hold on tightly to the end of the string, because otherwise it could be a disaster, okay? And I want you to pass it on to the person nearest to you and say, Jesus loves you. And then they pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. Now, some people might have to get up and move That's okay. I know it's in church, but we can get up and move today. I'm giving you permission. All right, so you pass it on as far as it goes. Now, some people, the nearest person to you, might end up having about three or four bits of string. That's fine, okay? If you get more than one piece of string, it means that you have to pass that on to more than one person. But you do it to the person who is closest to you, all right, whether you know them or whether you don't. Okay, right, on your marks, get set, go. All right, so hang on to it. All right, if you've got it, you hang on to it. It's not all down to the uh person on the end all right if you keep it going in this direction up this way that'd be good all right hold tight because it will okay pass it on and say jesus loves you i want i haven't heard many jesus loves you in all right i've heard a few giggles but i haven't heard jesus loves you very often say it a bit louder so i can hear and i know that you're doing it okay? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Hold on to it. Hold on to it, all right? When you give the gospel away, you don't let go, you hang on to it because it's yours as well to give. This is more fun than slides, isn't it? It's much more fun than slides. But just go straight across, even if she's got one, give her another one, it's fine. So you're gonna have to give it to somebody else that you gave it before. You can't give it to the same person. You have to give it to somebody else. Okay, have we run out of string yet? Everybody got a piece of string, yes? When it gets to that end, stop. Right, when it gets to that end, stop. Otherwise, we'll be here all morning. (laughs) And I've got dinner on. Okay, now, that is a rough example of how to pass on the gospel. Okay? It's quite simple. The whole gospel is the fact that Jesus loves you. You know? Jesus loves you. Now, I was going to get down. Yeah, I'm going to get down. No, it's nice, kind, and loving. Okay, now. Oh, I'll get that in the end. Right, now over here, okay, Jesus said, go into Jerusalem. All right? So we, Jerusalem was a city, crowded, lots of people, lots going on, people that you knew, your family. In your family, people can see Jesus in you and the way that you behave. And if they can't, then you need to do something about it, guys and girls, all right? So this is easy. When it's somebody that you know, and you're in the same culture, and it's friends, it's fine. You can talk about Jesus easily. Then he says, go into Judea. Now, this is a little bit more difficult, because although it's the same country, it's people you don't know. You might have the odd cousin out in the country somewhere, but on the whole, it's strangers, or people who are slightly different country people rather than city people slightly different cultures slightly different ways of doing something but you're still generally okay because it's the same country and then jesus said go into samaria (laughs) Ooh, this is dodgy this is because samaria was the enemy they had split and gone off and done their own things. They were the rebels. They worshipped God in a different way. They were a bit rebellious. They had a different government. They had a different culture. But Jesus went out of his way to go to Samaria to have a meeting with a woman at a well who was an outsider, who was socially on the fringe in the midday sun, which was the time that nobody went to the well. And he went for a God encounter to meet that woman and changed Samaria because of it. He brought healing and wholeness and a relationship back with the Jews. Right, so we've got Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and new lot... the ends of the earth. What a lot of them. There's loads to the ends of the earth. And we need to go even to the ends of the earth. Now, that might be metaphorically speaking. That might be physically speaking. But Jesus has commanded. It's not an option, all this. It's not an option at all. He's commanded that we go and we talk to people. Now, hands up those who go on foreign holidays. I know somebody down here does as he was telling me about it last week. Okay, anybody who goes to Wales, Scotland, Ireland, (laughs) or on foreign holidays? Right, it may not be in the Baptist Missionary Society uh, brochure about going on holiday, but we are going to the ends of the earth. Do you take Jesus with you, or do you leave him back at home to look after the house? So if you go on holiday or if you go on a short-term mission, there's a Baptist mission society, there's all sorts of different societies, or if you go on a long-term mission, you need to take that to the ends of the earth. Why? Because we are a global family. Jesus didn't say that Christians are only in England. Difficult because he was in Israel at the time. Okay. So we need to be able to take Jesus wherever we go and we need to think about the people who are in different countries, some of them are really struggling. I mean, you can ask mags about people who are really, really struggling in their Christian faith in different countries. But we can take them life, we can take them goods, we can get involved with helping them. So, take Jesus wherever you go. Now, it also says in the Bible that you are to bless people who have blessed you. So, start in that end, which is where they should have ended up, can you start rolling it back, give it back to the person and say, God bless you, until it goes all the way back to there because I don't want to take a load of strangled, tangled string home, okay? So you bless the person that gave it to you. You bless the person that told you about Jesus. You don't have to ring it, fold it up. You just sort of wind it loosely, you know, and just say, God bless you. Give them a blessing for their day. See what God does in that blessing that you've had for the day. So it didn't take long, did it, to just say, Jesus loves you, and to pass it on, you know? It didn't take long. I mean, we're in a safe space We're with people who know us and love us and who are willing to accept Jesus. Sometimes there are people who get missed. Some people are on the fringe of society. They need Jesus as well. Sometimes people need to be told that they're loved quite often. But every time that they're told that they're loved, they can pass that on to many, many more people. So even people at the back, who sit at the back out the way, Jesus loves them. Did you two guys on the PA desk get anything? Yep, Yahoo! They weren't, They weren't forgotten. So pass the blessing on. Pass the blessing back. Because one of the joys, as John says, is that my, my joy is to pass on the gospel to you. And then, I'm joyful because you're now part of the family. So it works two ways. It works two ways. Even if you never see that person again in your life, the person that perhaps God told you to give a prophetic word to, or to heal, or to pray for, you know that you've done what God wanted you to do. And that in itself is a blessing. That person can then go off and tell other people what God's done for them. You may not know how far that one act of telling somebody about Jesus or showing them the power of Jesus might go. You know, that one act with John and Nathan went all the way across to Steve over there. Just that one act can affect so many people. I'm talking because we're still winding. No, we're finished. Okay. So I'll wind up. Right. Now, no one can argue with personal testimony. No one. And it is yours to share. Okay? That's why John laid out his credentials. I've been with Jesus. I've seen this. This is my personal testimony to you that I have seen Jesus do this. We may have personal testimonies of healing or or miracles in some way, you know, and we can share those with the world. Now, I'm going to leave you with these verses from 1 John 2, which is basically the gospel in a nutshell. But it affects every one of us. My dear children... I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. Now, I was going to be a bit Anglican and say the Anglican phrase, and I can't remember it. But it's something like, um, go in the name of the... What's it? Rick? Yeah, go in love and peace to serve the Lord, and you say, in the name of Christ, I will.
0: Thanks, Barb. There you are. Thanks, yeah. Um, I you know, I love that. I was really uh, just struck at what Barb, where she started. And um, when she was saying about how John has seen Jesus. And then she started talking about how, because uh, like there's that tendency, isn't there? Like, well, I didn't live when Jesus lived. Have I seen him? But then she pulled out some great examples of the fact that we as a church have seen Jesus. We've seen him heal. We've seen him change lives. We've seen him speak now words into our lives prophetically. We've seen him provide uh, financially. We've seen him do all kinds of things. And and so, um, and and that's all aside from the fact that we know that he saved us, right? We know he died and rose again for us, which uh, all of that um, and all the rest of it is blessing on top of blessing, right? Um, So what I'm gonna do, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship and we're gonna sing a a song that just declares uh, about Jesus Uh, who he is to us. What a friend we have found. And we're going to sing this. And as we do, I just want you to be, um, just ask the Holy Spirit to draw to mind how you have seen Jesus. How have you seen him? What testimonies have you got? And uh, I've put this mic up here because I think after we've sung that, I'm just going to leave a bit of space. And I'd love it. If you've got a story, if you've got a testimony about how you've seen Jesus at work, come and share. You're not going to get to preach. I've got a really heavy Bible. So if you go on for too long, I will bat you over the head with it and gently usher you off the stage. <laughs> All right? But if you've got a testimony, just a, a minute or two, come and, and share. I'd love, I'd love for you to encourage us. Because actually, like Barb said, when John writes, he said, I've seen Jesus. I've heard Jesus, and I'm sharing this with you, and different translations say, some say to make my joy complete, some say to make your joys complete, because it could be both. So I'm sharing this with you to make our joy complete, because when we talk about Jesus, it stirs something in us, it builds faith, uh, and so today I want to do that. Because actually, you're not called to go out there and share something that you don't know. You're called to go out there and just talk about someone that you're in love with, someone that you've known, someone that's walked with you, someone that loves you and lavishes a love upon you. So it'd be great just to hear some of those stories. Is that okay? So why don't we stand? Is that okay? And they all just stayed silent. (laughs) I'm like, come, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Uh, Father God, we thank you for what Bob shared. We thank you that that You're a God that we know, that You have made Yourself known. We thank You that we can call You friend, Savior, Redeemer, Healer, Sustainer. And we just worship You for that now.
2: A year ago today I got married and I went through the worst year of my life <laughs> rejection hurt. but I know I couldn't have made it through without you and there's been times in the last year where I just wanted to end myself and when you find yourself in a day like that and God sends people that you love you know I mean Nathan Matt I'm only here because God sent people that love me and then when I turn up on a Sunday and I'm broken I'm crying out with everything in me you loved me and I'm here because you loved me and showed me how much he loved me and he was going to work all of this and he was going to make a way where there is no way so it doesn't matter what you're going through I Can testify that no matter how your heart has been ripped and torn, that He can make a way where there is no way.
0: Yes, by the way, that you love one another, that the world will know you're my disciples. Eh? Thanks, John Allen. Come on, yeah. Come on, Yemi. Yeah, Come on, share. Yeah. Thank
3: you, Jesus. Jesus, praise the Lord. Just want to
4: tell her like the
3: preaching we had this morning if we don't talk about Jesus or how with people here and one thing is not with saying it so there's a day that I was in a train I was traveling so there's a guy beside me something just led me to go talk to him then I keep talking 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 for like 30 minutes and when I finished talking and he was crying and he's like oh he went for a conference and then he feel rejected, he feel, it was sad. And, like, and it's like God has sent someone to him. So it's everything that I was passing through that was saying, unknowing to me. So it's God that speaks through us. So let's go and speak the word. Because it's God that is doing it. praise the Lord. Oh,
0: that's great. Thanks, Jimmy. Raph. Right
5: first thing before I came up here, I thought, don't cry. Um, I've come from a sort of macho background and um, three years ago, like John said, um, I don't think I would have been here. I lost my wife and my kids, my marriage, and I couldn't sleep much for probably a month. I had zero sleep and it just didn't seem like I was going to make it through. And I can testify today that because of God's love, um, I made it through. And it back to, it was just dark, it was just dark. They put me on medication. I couldn't, I couldn't see a way out, but I can testify that Jesus is real. He is absolutely real. And yeah, he's real. And like I said, I've I've, I've come from playing in, in, with like I'm, a, I'm an ex-footballer. I've been through tough times. It was it was the darkest time of my life. I I didn't want to be around anymore. But he's just real, hundred percent real. And I just like I said, I didn't want to cry up here. Cause I just <laughs> yeah, but. I must Obviously, he's he's shown that I can come up here and cry as a a man and just say, he's the best thing that could ever happen to you. So, thank God.
2: So I just wanted to, to, that was John Allen, by the way, if anyone, he didn't recognize him without the beard. (laughs) 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 Um, I just wanted to give a testimony of of healing. so I've been asthmatic my whole life, um, from from birth, and um, and I kind of get every kind of foreign disease going: swine flu, avian flu, and I end up in hospital. Then this one time, we were traveling to Sweden to see Dee's dad, um, and 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 I caught some kind of weird chest bug. You now Sweden's really cold, and we sitting on a train because he lived on an island off the coast of Sweden, and it took. 12 hours or something stupid to get there, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And anyway, I arrived at these dad's house, and I was getting worse and worse and worse. And um, now I've been on a journey with healing, and uh, you know, and I've struggled with God and I've fought with God. and I've said, But why do people not get healed? Um, I, I thought it was my unbelief, you know, why do people die, Lord? Why do you heal some people, not others? And, and I really struggled with God with this, and I fought, and I was, all of this was going through my mind as. I was, I was lying in this bed in Sweden getting worse and worse and worse not being able to breathe anyway my wife who's got a lot more faith than me just sat by my bed and just prayed with me for two days um, and I can honestly say there was a point where it was like an egg cracking at the top of my head um, and I've and, and 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 I felt the oil of healing pouring down me as she prayed that by this point I could barely I was breathing really badly and I thought, wow, we're gonna have to try and go to hospital in this foreign country. but literally at that point I was at the end and I felt this air, this oil of it was an anointing just come from my whole body and I was instantly recovered. So I know I know that God's healing can be instant and is real. I don't know why it doesn't happen sometimes. I'll ask God when I meet Him face to face, you know. But, but it, it, He He does have healing in His wings. And 1 Peter 2:24 says, "By His stripes we are healed." So, you know, I just keep believing. Amen. I am very surprised I'm standing here because I'm not the one to speak in a
3: crowd. But as I sat down there. I could feel my spirit saying, I have to give this testimony so that it can be complete. So about May last year, I was in a service and somebody was testifying about praying for healing. And inside of me, I had this urge saying, you would need to pray for healing soon or you will be able to pray someone out of sickness. And then, 12th of June, my brother had gone home to visit our parents in Nigeria, and he had a stroke. When I got the news, he's my younger brother, I was surprised. He only left a week before. In so much confusion, friends gathered around and created a praying and we we're praying for his recovery, for healing. At this time, they had a six month old baby. And we were praying. But each time I was praying, I kept saying, I know my brother is coming back 100%. It has to be 100%. And that prayer went on. You know. And then a friend of his who is on the prayer group had an interaction with the Holy Spirit. And he said, The Holy Spirit said to him, the sister has declared that he will come back 100%. He will. And he got around giving him something to do with July, which is the next one. Behold, the 1st of July, my brother was in Jesus' coma for like four days, three or four days. 1st of July was the first time he moved his fingers. And then we kept praying and praying. Well, I'm here to thank God that my brother was able to come back to the UK August last year. I'm here to thank God that my brother is healing and preparing to go back to work. And I'm just here to thank God because I know that he will be 100% and he can drive. I look forward to the day my brother will drive from Bedford to Bristol again to visit me. I give this testimony because I know it is a confirmation that my brother will be 100%.
4: I'm a very shy person, so I really struggle to come out here and speak, but the Holy Spirit just pushed me here. Um the testimony I want to give is how I came to know Jesus. Um I always loved and believed I always believed God in God, but I didn't accept Jesus because I felt why would he, um, he be the only way to God? I have friends that are Muslims and they're good people. So are they gonna, you know, are you telling me they're going to go to hell? So I was really obstinate about it. But then one day, um, when I was at my lowest, I'd just been emotionally abused by a boy I was dating in university. And I was, I felt worthless. I felt like like unlovable. And then at the time I was, um, a Continuity announcer at my university radio station. I don't know why because I'm really shy, but I chose to. And even every time I spoke on the mic, you could hear a little quiver in my voice. But that, um, so the night I suffered the heartbreak, I just sent a prayer to God. I said, God, I believe in you. And um, something told me, you know, a voice told me, you know, you, you just go, you don't need to go um, do your shift in the morning because. It's a a graveyard shift. Anyway, they gave it. It's 5 a.m. No one is listening. But then um, something just told me, go, don't allow this to break you. And so that morning at 5 a.m., I went for my shift and I felt the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit come over me. Um, Immediately, I opened, I put on the mic and I spoke. I had to turn turn it back off because I couldn't realize, I couldn't. It wasn't me speaking. There was no quiver. There was, my voice was graceful. I knew this wasn't me. I was so I was like, what is happening today? I wasn't myself. And throughout the, and throughout the morning broadcast, God spoke through me. His spirit engulfed me. It was like an embrace, and He was telling me He loved me. I wasn't unlovable. I wasn't worthless. And that wasn't it. At that, at 5 a.m someone was listening at the other end when i thought no one was listening and the person called me after the broadcast and said you were amazing this morning i have would you like to do a voiceover job for me (laughs) and this was a national voiceover job a contract a one-year contract and it brought me financial blessings i would never ever ever experienced in my whole life and i just felt like god it was like god orchestrated it and saw me worthy As someone who deserved, who was a queen, who who was loved, and the best part of the testimony is that um, the fact that I went back to that abusive boyfriend, but Jesus never stopped loving me. His love eventually set me free from that cycle of abuse, and even when the devil today tries to tell me that you know you're not worthy, that experience comes back, and I know that God's love is truly unconditional, no matter how low anyone wants to make you feel.
6: I just want to share this with my counter slip friends. Um, a short while ago, uh, my dear friend Christopher Williams Boy, I'm so proud to call him my friend. He was in ICU and he was in a really dark place. And his dear sister's with him every single day and to support him. And I'm just so pleased and happy for her and him that the Lord delivered him back to us from that dark place, back into the light. And I love him for it. And. He is our true Lord, and He looks after everybody, cradles them, and keeps them near Him. And He loves you all, everybody. Amen. Thank you.
7: quite sure what I'm going to say. (laughs) It's just, I had, um, you know what it's like when God has a little nag and says, you've got to go and do it, you've got to go and say it. So forgive me, because I'm truly not sure how I'm going to tell you what I tell you. Now, I'm one of the ancients in this congregation now been here since the 60s and there are some people here I could name but I won't who know what I'm gonna tell you. Now back in the 70s I had a third baby I'm taking you back this far for a reason okay we talk about healing we talk about prayer I already had Rachel, already I had Becky, and then Elizabeth was born. She was, uh, she arrived a month early, but she was fine, she was okay. But as the weeks went on, she didn't thrive. And in the end, I'm trying to cut the story short, in the end, She was diagnosed with Cystic Fibrosis. I'm just sort of reminded of this story. It's so long ago, but Rick, one day at coffee morning, brought it to mind, and it caught me short there. And Anna was there, and she said, what was this, and I told Anna the story. No. For two years, Elizabeth had all sorts of horrible medication. She had to have uh, percussion on her back, you know, to keep the lungs going and everything. But she looked such a bonny baby. Now, I at that point, I can't remember that I questioned God and said, Why my baby? I don't remember that. All I knew was that I've got a family, I've got two other children, I've got three of them, I've got to look after them. And I'm trusting God. But I couldn't do the praying. I couldn't pray. I was so tied up in the practicalities of things. I was heavily involved in all sorts of things here. god didn't at that point seem to require me to do anything i knew that this church was praying two years later we had to go we used to have to go to regular things at the children's hospital and when she was two and running around and she suddenly seemed, we went, went on holiday. We, there was a cystic fibrosis caravan where families could go and stay in somewhere in Wales, can't remember where. And um, on that holiday, she seemed different. And when we came home, not long afterwards, we had a call to go to the, the children's hospital. And it was a new uh, consultant, because Dr. Beryl Corner, who some people here might remember, which is very much a thing at the children's hospital for donkey's years, she'd retired. And there was a new consultant. So we saw him and he said, hmm, I want to run those tests again. Now these were tests which I had seen done two years ago, and two years ago, two years before, when she was just three months old, which was when, you know, all the stuff started. Um, and I saw those tests, I saw the results, and I, you know, I knew that she had cystic fibrosis. Anyway, he did all the tests, came back and says. There's no cystic fibrosis. And so we said, well, well, we knew, you know, when we came back to church on the following Sunday, you know, I said, what had happened? And the, and the minister of the time said, well, he said, what were we praying for? Now, two things. I knew it was a long time ago. that I've got this wonderful daughter Thank you God, she's an amazing woman, an amazing woman, she doesn't live in Bristol, unfortunately. Anyway, that was then, people prayed. All through the years, people have prayed. People are praying now, miracles still happen. We've just had one, haven't we? Alan, isn't it wonderful? We prayed for quite a short time, really. Didn't we for that? God just worked. And it, we're all saying, Oh, isn't it amazing? We shouldn't be amazed. This is what God does, this is what God can do. Now, it took two years for my baby to be healed. So don't give up on anybody. If we're needing a miracle, God can and will do, but in His time. Sorry to keep so long.
8: <laughs> um, yeah, mine follows on the similar vein, actually. Um, some of you will will know, but there's lots of new people here, so when. Uh, Emily was pregnant with our oldest child, Rihanna. Very early on in the pregnancy, um, she went in for a scan and they picked something up and told us it was highly likely um, that there was something wrong um, to the extent where they weren't even confident that um, Emily would carry full term. Um, I remember one of our, they, they did lots of tests throughout the pregnancy. One of the first ones we went to, I remember the consultant saying, I'm really pleased to be able to tell you your baby is still alive. Because I was worried I'd have to tell you that it, it died. Um, and they also told us, despite the fact that Rihanna kept uh, everything on the test, was showing up fine, um, they said to us, There will never be a point in this pregnancy where we can say to you, everything's fine. Um, so we really had to trust God for that whole time. Um, one thing in particular, um, my mum had told some people that she knew, and there's a friend of hers who went on some sort of healing conference with some american guy who was over in the uk can't remember what his name was um, But while she was there he he said he really felt there was a number one baby that needed prayer for um and she came forward um, uh, and they prayed for um, rihanna and um if she was born she's a bit loud she talks too much but um <laughs> other than that uh, everything absolutely fine this is real answer to prayer, we really believe that um, she was healed when she was born. Um,
9: for years and years and years I prayed for a baby. Um, I couldn't get pregnant. didn't know why I did all the tests, but I just couldn't get pregnant. Um, there's five of us in the family and. All my brothers and sisters had kids, like three and four each, and I was like, "Lord, I'm the Christian. Why?" And I, and um, I, eventually, my mum, I just prayed with her all the time. She was like my rock. So Nathan said I had faith, but I had no faith in that time. I was literally like a roller coaster, and I couldn't understand why. Um, and eventually, I was praying with a, a friend I had, and. I had this book which had like charts and graphs and when i was ovulating and it was just crazy and she just said this has become an idol in your life and she ripped it up and she just said we're going to trust god and literally um about a month later i fell pregnant and god had given me and nathan a name called anaya which means god answers in hebrew so it's just a testimony to keep persevering it says that love Perseveres and God's love never fails. So just keep keep going and He will answer.
8: Guys, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna make Den's gonna be our last one for the minute, is that alright? Is there one more? Oh Debs. Okay, all right, Den and Debs and okay, great. Last week
6: uh, I saw Jesus come into this church in a big way. And this week I've seen Jesus open up your hearts to one another. him
10: afternoon everyone I'll be really quick (laughs) Um, just like the speaker that came up and said she was shy it runs in the family my sister we're really shy (laughs) we don't like to talk Um, even when God talks to us we keep it all in so last week Friday um, in the morning, do morning prayer with a prayer partner. And during that prayer time, you know, afterwards she gave me a word and she said, um, Debola, Debola is my Nigerian name, but shortened to Debs. So she says, Debola, today, Lord says, don't be distracted in any way. He's made everything beautiful. So don't be distracted. And I took that word and You know, I was going on my day. During the course of that day, you know, I had some words with somebody. And it just turned me all over the place. I forgot that word in the morning. And by evening, oh Lord, I was making a hot cup of ginger tea, big mug. And I was grumbling, you know. I was just grumbling and mumbling and, God, why this? Why that? You know, I was just so... I'd forgotten. And before I knew it, this hot cup of ginger tea straight from the kettle poured all over my chest, scalding hot water. And, you know, it was, the pain was unbelievable. I ran, you know, tried to get some cold water on it, but it was so hot, hot. I, you know. And then I rang up my sister and she called the paramedics and they came and they didn't know what to do. They just gave me some first aid by the third day, blisters all over my chest, my stomach area. So um, BRI referred me to Southmead because when the doctors saw it at BRI, they had to call Southmead, you know because they couldn't do anything. They just gave me some cooling gel and took lots of pictures. and then you know they sent me to Southmead where the specialists were. And when they saw it, he he asked how it happened and I explained and he was shaking his head because there were really deep burns. He gave me a sick note. You can't do anything for the next two weeks. Stay, you know, with the dressing. He gave me a special dressing that had silver to, you know, make the healing quicker or something. I don't know. It was a special dressing. And um, I went, you know, that was... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday by that, so throughout that week I was just praying I was just, you know, I was repentant and I was like God I know that you don't punish you're not an unloving father you don't punish, I was distracted and I just asked for forgiveness and I was just praying and I was he was just pouring his love on me it was just, I could feel that love and it, he was like, you know, you forgot just for a little while you know, and you were distracted, you let the devil in, and this is like a wake-up call. And so by Saturday, I went back to Southmead to get the dressing change, They had given me two weeks of appointments; they booked it down already, because that's how often, every two two days, I had to change the dressing. When the nurse at Southmead, you know, took the dressing off, she looked at me. And she said, look at me. And then she she said, she she touched parts of my chest, stomach area and chest area. And she said, Look at me. Don't look at that. Look at me. Can you feel any pain? I said, No. She said, I am pleased to tell you you are healed. And that's what she said. You are healed. And just And I said, No dressing. Say, no dressing. You don't need any dressing. Just supply. Ache your scream and that's all and thank you lord
0: thanks Dave. guys we, we oh it makes me get checked out. We we have seen god do amazing things right we start sharing the stories and we often don't because we're modern western people and we do every, we do life on our own don't we that's how we do it right close my front door me and my house But when we are community and we share stories, we come to realize just how amazing He is. We come to know who He is and what He does. And we have seen a God who heals. We've seen a God who sets free. We've seen a God who provides. We've seen a God who does the miraculous. And He is a God that will keep doing that because that is who He is. We've seen a God that has healed relationships that have fallen apart. We've seen all kinds of things happen. Today in this place, that God is here right and so before we wrap up and I know we've gone over and I'm sorry about that but hey (laughs) but before we wrap up is, is there anyone here and you don't have to say what but is there anyone here who needs prayer for healing who wants prayer for healing healing who needs hope who needs a situation to be turned around who has got a situation that they do not see a way through that they need provision for anyone like hands up come on yep one, two, three, four, five those of you who got your hands up can I just ask you to stand up be really brave just stand up where you are just stand okay, the rest of you let's gather around these guys let's lay hands on them you don't need to ask them anything about it and if they want to share they can you don't have to but let's just pray Holy Spirit come come Holy Spirit you're a God who heals you're a God who sets free you're a God who provides come Holy Spirit Come, we've known you in this place. Let us know you again. Come, just pray. Just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Just just pray for them. Lord, even now as we're praying, I pray that you would give words of knowledge to some of these guys that are praying just to speak hope into these situations. Lord, that you release your peace, that you release your joy, that you release healing. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Restore bodies that need to be restored. Mend relationships that need healing. Provide in miraculous ways, Jesus come. Let your kingdom come, Lord, let your kingdom come. Jesus, Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this place, Lord. You can't. Yes, yes. Let there be more stories, Jesus, more testimony of what you've done that goes out from this place. Let this place be a light in the darkness as we see you do amazing things, Jesus. You're sovereign, praise because you reign, praise because you rose and defeated the grave. I praise because you're faithful, praise because you're true, praise because there's nobody greater than you. I praise because you're